Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Last summer, Pastor Andrew and I, we traveled out to Colorado Springs, Colorado, and um, graciously, one of their executive pastors agreed to meet with us and pour into us for about three days. And there's some future programming that's coming to our church because of that, and, and we were just blown away by the hospitality that this man showed us while, while we were there, while we were staying there, and just the time that we spent. And you know, you ever meet someone and your hearts just connect and you just know, you know, that there's kindred spirit there and, and, and you just know that your, your mind and your goals are set on the same things? Well, even though they are on the other side of the country from us, we knew immediately that we had that connection. And I knew it, during that three-day period that there was going to be a day that you would hear John Plotner here at Destiny Community Church, I just didn't realize it would be this soon. I honestly thought it would be maybe in a few years after we're in our new building, you know, and, and I really thought that's when it would happen. And when he sent me a message and said, listen, we're going to be in Florida and uh, we'd love to come and be in church with you, not ask him to come preach, just, just come be in church. And I said, well, I'm not going to pass up on this opportunity. I, I want John to, to come preach. And so I asked him and, and graciously he accepted uh, I know you're going, going to enjoy this, and I'll tell you what's impressive to me. When we were talking about, you know, where we're at as a church, and, and I told him, um, I said, listen, we, the month of July is our month of Sabbath. And those of you that have been around here, I've preached, I don't know how many messages. It's the, the topic I've preached on more than anything else in this church every July. We teach Sabbath and the importance and the mindset of that, not as a legalism, legalistic mindset, but, but the importance of it. But I gave him the freedom. I said, listen, you do whatever you feel God is leading you to do. And he jumped all over it. So kicking off our Take It Easy series for the month of Sabbath, John Plotner. Would you make John feel welcome? Well, good morning. I was told that I should start by saying, go Gators. Okay. I would immediately have your attention if I said that was what I was told. So, you know, uh, it is an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, you know, Rocky's talking about, but I feel more honored to be with you having spent time with them over three tight three day period. Actually, I met Andrew two years ago. Uh, he was coming through town uh, to doing a wedding and I actually happened to get the email that says there's this guy coming to town. So we met two years ago and uh, you know, it's amazing to be in a place and meet people and you instantly feel like your friends. And I remember Andrew and I had had coffee that first time and immediately felt like we'd known each other forever. And then uh, having Rocky come to town, it felt the same way. And so even being here today, it just really kind of feels like being at home. So uh, thank you for re receiving us like that. I think it's kind of interesting that uh, your Take, Take It Easy series, they're asking the guy who's been sitting by a pool for 10 days to talk to you about taking it easy. Because I think I've got a good, I got a good feel for this. I could do this a little bit longer. So, um, you know, honestly, uh, when he said you could talk about Sabbath, uh, there's a little bit of this inner struggle that's inside me because I realize the fact that I'm still learning this as well. 
you know, I have not figured this out. And we uh, moved to uh, Colorado Springs about six years ago. Prior to that, we had lived in Indiana, and I'd been in ministry for about 16 years. And when we got to Colorado Springs, I had about five-week time period before my next job started, and I realized that I was burnt out. I was tired, I was exhausted, I was frustrated, I wasn't my best self. And uh, having that realization, then what do I do with this? And so there's so much to our story that I could spend days probably um, sharing with you. But I've been on this journey for the last six years, particularly when I entered back into full-time ministry on how do I do this better? How do I embrace this idea of Sabbath. And so maybe some of you, if you were not growing up in the church, even this idea when you hear the word Sabbath, it might be foreign to you. Um, But I grew up in the church and I have some uh, clear meanings what that meant for me. But let me just share with you to get started here how much of a dilemma this whole is, why it's so hard for us in America to take it easy. Uh, Actually, there was... um, a poll a few years ago, and they asked, actually it was last year in 2017, they asked workers, what percentage of your vacation did you take at the end of, by the end of the year? In 2017, average Americans left half of their vacation time untaken. Think about that for a minute. You have two weeks, there's a week sitting there. You have four weeks, you have two weeks sitting there. Half of our vacation we left untaken. And then there's 10% of those people who took absolutely no vacation at all. And they asked them why. And the number one reason for why people don't take their vacation is because they're afraid they're going to get behind. They ask also Americans, how happy or satisfied are you with work? 53% of Americans are currently unhappy with their work. Look around you. Every other person right now, if we took a poll, um, you would say that you're unhappy with your work. Interesting that the same, same numbers who didn't take vacation, I wonder if those are connected. And then two out of five people say at the end of the work week, they're tired and exhausted. And maybe this is you. And so we obviously need to learn better as Americans how to take this thing easy, and even so much more as Christians as well. It's, it's probably uh, interesting that the, one of the top songs of the 1980s still is Everybody's Working for the Weekend. Anybody know that song? I think a lot of us live that way. We're, we're living to make it through to get to the weekend. And so here's kind of our takeaway as Americans is the work week is to be endured. The weekend is to recover. And yet at the same time, we're exhausted, tired, and frustrated uh, as believers, as Americans. And so I want us to turn today. We're going to kick this series off where the first idea of Sabbath was first introduced in Genesis. So if you have your Bibles or you're on your phone or wherever you uh, read Scripture, turn to Genesis chapter 2 for me. And as you're turning there, let me just kind of summarize. In Genesis chapter 1 is the whole creation story that you might be aware of. Day 1, God creates day and night. Day 2, the water and the sky. Day 3, ground and sea. Day 4, sun, moon, stars. Day 5, birds of the air, fish of the sea. Day 6, all the animals, man and woman. And at the end of every day, if you've read that, what does he say? It is good. And at the end of day 6... After looking at all of it, he says, it's very good. And so we pick up in Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Let's read that. It says, Thus the heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array. 
By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he'd done. So in Jewish culture, in our Christian culture, we use this term Sabbath to kind of explain this rest. And so, like I said, some of you did not grow up in church, but I grew up and I understood what the Sabbath meant. I was um, born in a small little farming communi- community in north central Indiana. Um, I went to a kind of a mainline denominational church. A good Sunday was 70 people. I can remember on one hand counting all the times we'd hit 100. And I grew up in this small little community, and we embraced Sabbath. And so here's what this meant for me. Even when you're on vacation, you go to church. So I'm checking that box today. And here's how we did this. This was very interesting. We would get in the car, my sister and I in the back seat, my mom and dad in the front seat, had no idea where we were going to go. We would get in the car, And my dad would look for a car that strategically had a Bible in the dashboard. And he would follow them. (laughs) And you will not believe the places we ended up. (laughs) I'll leave that for another time. Here's what else I took away about Sabbath. Don't mow the lawn on Sunday. Don't do laundry. Don't go grocery shopping. Um, During an even extreme time, we didn't go out to eat on Sunday because someone else had to work. Now, here's what's interesting. The animals still got fed on the farm, but my dad never worked on a Sunday. I can remember a couple times growing up where because it was such a rainy spring that they were so late that he chose to work twice on a Sunday. And the conversation was, what will the neighbors say? Now, here's what was interesting is on Sunday night, I was still allowed to do homework, though. (laughs) Can't quite figure that out. And so I grew up with a list of all these things that you can't do on the Sabbath. Uh, we're, sp- we're supposed to enjoy this. I missed something there. And so if we're not careful, Sabbath, just like the work week, becomes something to be endured. The problem for many of us is the Sabbath was created for us, yet we, were, we live as if we were created for the Sabbath. Let that sink in here for a minute. We love this idea of rest, but if we're not careful, then we live for the Sabbath or for rest instead of living for us. We become subject to it rather than it being subject to us. So here's kind of my summarization of what our responses might be to Sabbath. Three responses. Number one, we ignore it and do what we like. This idea of doing something that someone else told us we need to do, slow down, or even though we might know we need it, one of the responses, we ignore it and do what we like. In Colorado, what does that mean on Sunday as people are off climbing mountains or skiing? Here you're on the water, you're fishing, or whatever that might be. The second response is we become a slave to it. It's kind of how I grew up, is now I have to do all these things or don't do these things in order to live up to the Sabbath. But really, the third response is where all of us should be, is we should understand that it was created for us to enjoy. And how do we do that? So let's let's talk about that. Let's actually look back here at Genesis 2 again. I'm going to look at this on a different version. This is actually from the English Standard Version. Same scripture, Genesis 2, 2, and 3. It says, On the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, 
God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. If we can actually go back to that previous slide, verse 2, look at how that's worded there. It doesn't say on the sixth day God finished his work, does it? It says, on the seventh day, God finished his work. I grew up with this understanding, and I've been really thinking about this over the last week. I grew up thinking God did six days of work, and then he stopped, and the seventh day he rested. It says here that he finished his work on the seventh day when he said this day is day about of rest. So here's what I want to challenge us with is this whole idea of work, rest was a natural part of it. It wasn't something separate from it. So if we're, we have this natural tendency with this wiring to work, God created us to work. But as part of that, he created it with rest as a component of work. It's not a separate thing. They go together. And so first point today, Sabbath is an extension of our work and it is to be enjoyed. It's not something separate from our work. It's an extension of our work. They're connected. And here's why we are struggling as Americans. Here's why we're unhappy in our jobs. Here's why we're tired. Here's why we're frustrated is because we view work separate from rest when they were intended to go together. So there's this rhythm that God created. So creation itself creates this natural rhythm, if you will. Uh, so if you look at the way the earth rotates around the sun, if you took seventh grade science and you saw how that all works, the earth rotates around the sun. What does that rotating around the sun create? It creates the seasons. Okay, there's a rhythm. It happens like clockwork. Then there's the earth. It rotates. We're spinning right now on our axis. What does that rhythm create? It creates this thing of day and night. Same way, six days of work plus the Sabbath creates this rhythm. What would happen if the earth stopped spinning on its axis? Or we stopped rotating around the, the sun? I mean, everything as we know it would cease to exist the way it exists. I think the, the universe would probably collapse if that were to happen. But there's this natural rhythm that God created when he created creation. And so, when we ignore the Sabbath— we're out of rhythm with the way that we're created. That's why we feel off. That's why we're exhausted. We're tired. That's why two out of five Americans say that they're tired at the end of a week. So how do we get into rhythm with God and with the way we were created? I want us to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And you've probably heard this scripture. If you've been to a funeral, you've probably heard this scripture at one point in time. But I want to look at it with a little different lens today. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 13. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Some of you need to do that probably. A time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And here's verse 9. King Solomon is kind of 
lamenting, if you will, a little bit. What does the worker gain from all of his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. How many of us look at this way? This idea that, we've, that we have to work. There's a time for all this. There's so much going on. And we look at life, and we wonder, how do we keep up with it all? And it appears that work was a burden that God laid on us. I want to suggest that it's something a little different here. Uh, let's actually look again uh, at verse 9 and read through the end of the chapter. What does the worker gain from his toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know, and this is the key here, I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live, that everything may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of his toil. This is the gift of God. So I'm going to come back to that here in a minute, that phrase, this is the gift of God. When we're talking about these rhythms, and Ecclesiastes 3 here talks about this rhythm, this, these seasons, if you will, I began to reflect, I told you a few moments ago that I grew up on a farm in north central Indiana, and I grew up where there were these rhythms that happened all the time. Uh, so spring, spring, winter, summer, fall. Uh, I know in Colorado, one of the shocks to our system a little bit was there was kind of winter, two days of spring, summer, two days of fall, winter. So like it was this, it's just this weird dynamic. But in Indiana, there are the clear four seasons that were very clear. I know in Florida, it's probably a little different. If you grew up in the Midwest, Midwest to me has kind of the classic of what the seasons were. So in the spring, as a farmer, my dad would um, plant. We planted soybeans and corn. He would plant. He would spend all this time. Uh, he would work 18 to 20 hours a day when a, when a the weather was right, and he would go on four and five hours sleep. I have no idea how he did it. And so he would give all of his energy for the spring. And if it, if it was a rainy season and we were trying to catch up, then we'd work even longer hours. We'd get through spring. Then we'd get to summer. And things slowed down a bit, but we were still, you know, still busy. Uh, we were tending to the crops, cultivating the fields, uh, preparing for harvest, getting the equipment ready, and then harvest would come everything that we'd been waiting for, and spend all this time, store up all the grain, put it in, the, in storage so that we could then store up for that winter season, and we'd get into winter. And then winter, everything on the farm just shuts down. And as hard as my dad would work in the spring, 20 hours a day, when it got to winter, he could be lazy like the best of them. He would actually go to the elevator. If any of you grew up in a farm community, the, there are places where farmers hang out, okay? Elevator is one of those, the local coffee shop. And he would do what we called loafing. And loafing was just sitting around drinking coffee and honey buns and waiting for spring to come. And literally, that's what he did. There was this rhythm, though, that we worked really hard in season. And then when there was time for rest— we rested really well because you knew you were going to need it. It's interesting. Creation actually created to support this rhythm. So think back before we had electricity. Day and night, when you got up was when the sun got up. And when it went down was when you went to bed. So think about that for a moment. In the winter, why are days sh shorter and nights longer? Because it was a season of rest. 
You needed, you had that time where you could rest longer. You sleep longer in the winter because that's the way the sun was working. It gave people an opportunity to rest. And why are the days longer in the summer and nights shorter? Because it's the season for working. There's this rhythm that God created for all of us. There are seasons that God created for all of us, and we need to sync up with those rhythms. And so back to that last um, scripture there in Ecclesiastes where it says that we are to eat and drink and find satisfaction in our toil. This is the gift of God. Final point today is finding satisfaction in all our work is a gift of God. So remember I said earlier that when we look at creation, God's six days of work and the Sabbath were not separate. They were one entity. So if we look at our work and our Sabbath together as one, part of our role is to stop and find beauty all around us. And if we are to find rest, we must find pleasure in the work that we've done. So part of rest for us is to pause and to look at our week, look at what we've accomplished, and be grateful. If we're to understand the sacred value of rest, we must first understand the sacred virtue of work. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you have trouble resting, it might have to do with the fact that our work is a sacred part of that as well. Now, here, here's the interesting thing. I have a daughter who works at Chick-fil-A. Anybody have family members that work at Chick-fil-A? I actually have two daughters that work at Chick-fil-A, so both of them. Two different Chick-fil-A's, but Selah, our oldest, is 19. And when she started this job at Chick-fil-A, gets the Chick-fil-A uniform on, goes off to work. First day, you know, she's excited, gets that first paycheck, she's excited. But about week three, the glamour of Chick-fil-A has worn off. The glamour of it's my pleasure is long gone. Uh, she will actually, if we ask, ask, we'll say thank you to her. She catches herself at home quite often saying, it's my pleasure. I feel like I'm at Chick-fil-A. But she, she, I remember her coming, you know, she was going to do something. And I don't remember what it was, but she was going to call off work. And I, I remember my very stern fatherly response was, go get that uniform on and get your behind to work. And her, her response was something like, but you and mom, you just love your jobs. So we had this conversation about all the jobs that we've had that we didn't love. I don't, rem I don't remember loving waking up at 5.30 in the morning on the farm in the middle of winter when it was freezing, thawing pipes to water the animals. I don't remember loving that. And talking to her about, you know, their seasons for this but also trying to teach her there's value in the work that you're doing. Find the value in what you're doing. It's interesting. I, I think there's this uh, misnomer that there are some people that love their jobs and some people that hate their jobs. Here's what I want to challenge us with this morning is you can hate your job and love your work. Let that sink in for a moment. I'll be honest, there are days when I don't love my job. My wife's a school teacher. She comes home, trust me, there are days she does not love her job, but she loves her work. I love my work. And here, if we want to learn how to rest, I think a key to this is understanding the sacredness of work as well. I'm not talking about jobs here, because there are seasons where all of us 
dislike our jobs, maybe some longer than others. But if we can find the value in our work and reflect on that, that's what rest is about, is to pause. Look back to what God did when he was creating at the end of day one. What did he stop at the end of that day and say? It is good. Day two, what did he say? It is good. Day three, what did he say? I can't hear you. Day four? Day five? Day six, wait. It is very good. And then the weekend, the Sabbath, is our opportunity to look back at that entire week. And that's what true rest is, to reflect and have gratitude. I'll be honest, sometimes gratitude is difficult. But that's what rest is about, is finding the sacredness in our work. Our problem here is, as Americans, I think, is we wait to rest when we're weary instead of stopping to reflect on the beauty of the work that we've already done. Rest was not made for weariness. Okay? Rest was not made for weariness. If you're weary, do you need to rest? Yes. But we don't rest once we become weary. If we're doing that, it's too late. We rest to reflect on the beauty of the work that we've already done. Now, you might have to get creative. I know some of us have challenging jobs, but we can find the beauty in the work that we're doing. So I want to I end with going back to our three responses. We have three responses in this moment to this idea of rest. And I know Pastor Rocky over this next few weeks is going to continue to challenge you on taking a Sabbath rest, taking the month as a church to rest, but taking a day every week. I want to encourage you to make that part of your rhythm. It doesn't necessarily have to be on Sunday. I'm working on Sunday, so my Sabbath is not Sunday. I have to have another day where I can rest. Uh, But three ways that we can respond is we can ignore it, we can endure it, or we can enjoy it. I want to challenge us to enjoy it today. I want to end with this scripture from Hebrews. In case you were wondering, as you know, we've been reading from the Old Testament, is Sabbath a New Testament thing as well? Yes, it is. And the writer of Hebrews says here in verse 9, there remains then, there's this whole conversation, the eight verses leading up to this, this Sabbath exists. He says, yes, he makes a conclusion. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. So I want to pray with you today. Um, And maybe, let's just close our eyes here. Maybe there's some of you in this room. um, I'm guessing there's some of you that rest is a difficult thing. For others of you, maybe you've embraced this, but look at yourself right now and ask, is rest something that I'm ignoring? Is it something that I'm enduring? Or is it something that I'm enjoying? And I just want to pray over you. Father, I thank you for these beautiful family members of yours, that you created them in such a way to, to enjoy the work that's before them and right along with that to enjoy the rest that you give them. So I pray for the grace to be able to understand rest as they reflect on the beauty of the work that they've accomplished. So just encourage us today and throughout this month, just take a deep breath and ask the Lord to open your eyes to see the beauty of the work around you, 
the beauty of the people around you, the influence that you have with those around you, and enjoy the work he's given you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.